it will never be perfect, you know, and that's okay. Just go out there and enjoy it. And if you mess up, you mess up. It's all part of it. It just means you can laugh at yourself. Go out there and make people feel good and try to have the best time you can. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome to the Kathy Heller Podcast. This show is meant to be a guide for you. I want to be that mentor who can hold your hand through this journey. I know that there are so many twists and turns in navigating not only what is happening in our mind, but also understanding strategically how we want to get from where we are to where we want to go. In the show, we're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I want to be your friend. I want to be your mentor. I want to show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful. What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life. And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller podcast. I don't even know what to say. Mitch Grassi is on the podcast today and he's one of my favorite people walking the earth. He is part of pentatonics, which is some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. You guys may have heard me speak about them because I have taken my husband and kids to see them three times in the last four months. We saw them at the Hollywood Bowl. We saw them in Oakland and we saw them in Fort Lauderdale. I have loved them for so long. And Mitch is literally one of the most pure souls and most beautiful creations. (laughs) He has such a gift. His depth and his talent are just equal. And I was just so incredibly blown away to get to meet him. And I actually bumped into him. I went to see Esther Hicks. She was speaking in Los Angeles, Abraham Hicks, and he was there. And we saw each other there. And I went over to him and I said, meeting you, it's pretty much like meeting Paul McCartney. And uh, you're just so incredibly special. I don't even have the words. And uh, he agreed to come on the show. So I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with you because it's fun for me to share something that's so personal with you. And my connection to his light and who he is and this band is just on another level. Before we get into the conversation, I wanted to let you know that you can join me for Abundant Ever After. The doors close to the three-month program. But as of today, the program is open if you'd like to be with us for the year. This is a year-long experience. If you want that step into your most abundant, most creative, most energized, best possible feeling life, this will probably be one of the most incredible experiences. We love it so much. And if you want more information, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join. And we can't wait. We can't wait to share this space with you. On another note, I want to let you know that we want to hear from you and we'll be doing a raffle for a Nordstrom gift card. If you would like to let us know just some of your thoughts, where you're at, what you need, it helps us make content. It helps us design workshops. So go to kathyheller.com slash share and share with us and let us know how you're feeling and what, what your goals are and what obstacles are coming up. 
And we will choose two of you this week who fill that out. And we will be announcing the winners uh, later this week for who got the Nordstrom gift card. Okay, so I am low-key freaking out because Mitch Grassi is here. He's an incredible musician who you might recognize from the Grammy Award-winning vocal group Pentatonix, and I am totally obsessed with them. I've seen them so many times live, and I've listened to all their albums. I am definitely a super fan. They've had 10 of their albums in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, and they've sold over 10 million albums. They won three Grammys and have almost 4 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Their YouTube channel has over 20 million subscribers and almost 6 billion views. They've toured all over the world and collabed with other notable artists like Megan Trainer, Lindsey Sterling, Dolly Parton. And in the last couple of years, Mitch has started exploring his own music as Messer. It's great to see him going out on his own and doing his own new genre. So... If you haven't already been listening to Pentatonix or if you don't know Mitch and his brilliance, this is definitely a call to go check them out. You will be blown away and you will see how incredible he is. I think this conversation is going to bring you so much love because that's just what he embodies. I know we've had so many people on the show. We've had billionaires and geniuses and all kinds of celebrities, but this is probably the most I've ever fangirled over anyone. The fact that he's who he is and shining such a light in the world really feels like the biggest blessing. I don't have enough words to express how much I love him and his goodness and how he shows up in the world. So let's give a huge welcome to the extraordinary Mitch Grassi. I love Mitch so much and this can't, I can't believe this is happening. So we've done 700 episodes. We've had all these fancy schmancy people here and you are my favorite person that God made. I feel like God made you and was like, Kathy Heller is just going to die when I make this person. So... <laughs> Um, I can't get over your goodness. I can't get over your talent, but it's the goodness. It's like who you are comes shining through. Everybody's on board. Everyone gets it. I'm one of the many zillions. I've seen you three times live in the last four months. I'll travel the world. I'll go anywhere. And we get we get you here now. I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get to hear your story. So we're going to talk about your new project. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. the Pentatonics. We're going to talk about how you skipped high school graduation to go audition for this thing, which I just found out today. Let's start with you as a little Mitch, a little kid. When did you have any inkling that like, this is my jam. This is what I do. I'm here to use this gift. Well, I always loved music and I always was locked away in my room listening to Paula Abdul and Sade cassette tapes on my little Walkman. And it's just like all I did. I still do that to this day. I'm still very much an avid listener of music. And I think when I really noticed that what I had had an effect on people was when I did this, I guess it was a play, but I sang a song at the end. I sang America the Beautiful. It was a play about America. It was like a patriotic play that we did at our community theater. And I just remember such a serious emotional response that I got from adults. And I was like, whoa, I never really knew that people took it this seriously. I thought it was just something that, you know, was for me that I enjoyed. But I just remember my my dad specifically being like, you have something special that is affecting the people around me. And I need you to know that. It's so special. And I told you that, I mean, I saw Rent on Broadway. The first I week. love Rent. Yeah. I saw it the first week it opened with Adam Pascal and all those people. Wow. Like, my parents did the right thing by always bringing me to see what really mattered in life. And so, yeah. and I'm telling you what you have bottled inside of you is like a thousand of the most amazing things I've seen in one person. It's like, wow. I I've, I mean, it's just so beautiful and it's just a gift and it's just incredible that you allow it to come through you. And I'm, I'm moved by it in ways that like, I just don't have words for. And it just is what it is. It's like yeah. some people come in the world and they are Jim Henson. And it's just like, wow, what an honor. Wow. You're like that. And that's really wow. cool. It's really damn special. So Can you you. tell us, because I can't believe that you live your life now getting to do this. Like, and by the way, you're all Olympians. When I listen to the (laughs) level of talent and the five of you, I'm just like, how is this even possible? Like it is insane. It's like watching somebody land, make the landing in a gymnast in the hardest gymnastics performance, every (laughs) note, every time, like that's how hard it is. And it's, we don't have enough words. It's not impressive. It's beyond impressive. It's just beauty. It's just so good. It's just being in in the zone, but you get to do this. And I want to talk about how crazy your life is that this is what you get paid to do, but you guys met three of you have been friends since you were what? 
eight. How long have you known Scott? Yeah, I've known Scott since I was nine. And then I met Kirsten when I was 10. So it's just so bizarre that here we are to this day, age 30, 31, still together, still working together, still, I mean, honestly, as close as we've ever been. And just, it's a miracle that we've been together. We've grown together. We've watched each other create each other's memories and we've all achieved such a beautiful understanding of of life and what it means to have this type of life and to have these gifts and to be able to create joy in so many lives. I think it's still something that we're coming to terms with. And I think for me specifically, the challenge has been, well, I guess it boils down to self-confidence and self-love and being self-assured because all my life I was like, what is it that I'm getting so wrong that I'm so different than everybody else? And I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. What am I doing wrong that I'm not fitting in with everybody else? And so I was always playing this game of comparison. And I think just recently, (laughs) I would say maybe within the last year or two, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to be like everybody else. First of all, I'm supposed to enjoy my life. And this is something that, you know, we met at an Abraham Hicks event. And that's something that I've really, really learned from her and her teachings. Um, You know, we're, we're here to enjoy the ride. And I think what's so amazing about pentatonics and the band members is that we're all so different. We're so strange and we all have our little isms. And I think we're coming to love those. And to love the fact that I can't sit still for more than two minutes, or I can't focus on something for more than 30 seconds. And I don't know, I just, I think we're meant to enjoy it. We're meant to enjoy it all. I mean, it's so generous that you would be humble enough to like, tell us what's really part of your own process. But of course you would like, that's why I love you so much. Cause all <laughs> I feel from you is like humility and talent together, which is so rare. Yeah, it's like, I can, I can feel it, but for people who are listening to the show, to hear that you also have that come up. It's almost hard to believe that you have that because those people in the world, you know, Michael Jordan can't fit in because he stands out. How could he fit in? Like, it's like, you can't fit in when you're Picasso. You just can't. So it's hard to believe that you would have wanted to up until even recently. What does that look like? Who do you want to be like? Why would you want to fit in? What was the comparison to who, to what? I think it's a lot of different things. I think growing up in Texas as a gay male, you know, Texas is nothing but love for them, but they are guilty of being, I would say, behind the times culturally. And I lived that firsthand. And, you know, I think I ran into a lot of issues with my masculinity and what it really meant to be a man. And to me, I, I think being a man means something completely different than what it means to somebody, you know, growing up in Arlington, Texas. And that's totally fine. Like we're living different lives. But I think it was that. I think it was, you know, now that I'm in the gay community, you know, I think there's an underlying tendency to want to be homogenous. Yeah. And I think it's because we all come from this place of trauma and wanting to be validated and loved. So that tendency is very real. And I totally understand that. And I think it runs through me as well, you know, if I'm not super conscious of it. And I think also being a creative, being a musician, being an artist is so scary because it is such an individual process and you are constantly looking for guidance. You want somebody to give you any pointer at all. And for a long time, I was afraid to make music on my own because I was like, well, I don't know where to start, which basically means I'm afraid to start. I'm afraid to take that first step. So I would look to these other musicians constantly and it would always, you know, end in failure. Um, So I think the most important lesson I've learned is that you can study and you can watch other people as as much as you want. But in the end, it's experience that teaches. Words don't teach, experience teaches, as Abraham Hicks would say. Yeah, (laughs) it's so beautiful. And it brings tears to my eyes to think because that is serious trauma. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think about you and like, I don't even know you that well. And I love you so much because you're so lovable. Like anyone who watches you do anything, you're so silly. You're so cute. You're so talented. It's like, <laughs> you just can't help it. It's like an immediate, like I'm in love with this person, you know? Oh, yes. And just to think about you as a little kid, just feeling that feeling of not being able to belong. I hate that. Like I yeah. just hate that for you. And there's no way that you 
wouldn't still have that. We all have these like amygdalas in our brain, right? That from the ages of zero to 10, you're just absorbing and all we want, it's very primal. You want to belong. And so you'll choose belonging over authenticity any day of the week. Exactly. If it means, if it means love, right? Yeah. It's an interesting thing because we are so evolved as a human race, but we do have these evolutionary traits that they're so primordial and yeah. they're so in juxtaposition with what we want to achieve, how we truly feel. And I think it's good to be conscious of those sort of primal instincts to want to belong and to want to be loved and to want to feel, I mean, it all comes down to like feeling safe, right? Cause it's yeah. a, it's a game of survival, but there's so much more to my life in my personal experience than just surviving and I've learned that through experience. I've spent so many years of my life just surviving and I can look back on those times now and say, I'm, I'm glad I'm not there anymore, but I know it happened yeah. for a reason, you know? Well, it's interesting that you're saying this because I don't know that I would have put language on this, but being at a pentatonic concert, literally it feels like you just met your best friends from camp and for the next two hours, like you are loved and you are seen and that's wow. And like, yeah. I feel almost like that horrible pain that you went through, you as a result, it is so present for you that every person deserves to feel seen. And I yeah. feel that at your show because yeah. I'll see people like of all different kinds, you know, people who just like, they're there for the Christmas music, but then they're like, whoa, this whole other thing they're like, it's just it's a love bomb. Yeah. It's, that's what it is. People come to your totally. show. I've been to the Hollywood bowl so many times and seeing you guys at the Hollywood bowl. was literally one of the best nights in my whole life. I was oh, like, thank you. I was like, there's thousands of people here who walked in as strangers and they can't help it. Like 20 minutes into the show, it's one family because of your love, because there's this unwillingness and there's this unwavering, like you're all seen right now and there's yeah. nothing to prove. And there's no instruments. It's just love. It's just resonance. It's literally harmony. That's it. Yes. You're going to feel what this feels like. Wow. And it's visceral. And then people leave there and they're like, I don't know why, but I literally feel like I've got a tune up. I feel like I've shed so much static. It's like, mm. yeah, from these, that, and that's so fascinating. You mm. can say all this because that's how I feel when you guys are up there. I feel like you're medicine men. I feel like you're magicians. I don't think wow. it's just music. I think it's called, we know what it's like to not belong. And tonight yeah. we all do. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. The more I think about it, the more I find it so interesting. As I learn more about frequencies and, and vibrations and energy, it's very interesting that we only use our voices and that's how we came together. And, you know, we have such a strong effect on each other and, and in turn the audiences as well. But I think you're absolutely right. I think living those contrasting experiences where you feel so bad and you feel the lack of something of love, perhaps it makes you want to go so hard in the complete opposite yeah. direction that you don't ever want anyone to ever feel that way again. Nope. And um, it's all love. It's always been love, you know, love and passion. Uh, that is so received message received. Good. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, so I want to ask you this question because, I mean, we have almost a million downloads a month from all of these people who feel like they've checked all the boxes, but they're still unhappy, right? They mm -hmm. got good grades, went to college, but why are they at, in their 30s feeling like, and a lot of times it's because people think that dreams aren't possible. And what I think is crazy that people don't know is that you guys had this record deal and you got dropped. And like, yeah. I just want you to tell that story because talk about resilience and talk about not allowing other people to decide your fate. I only learned that story recently. I thought you guys did this thing off, got a record deal and the rest was history. Yeah. Can you just tell people about that story? It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. <laughs> I mean, from start to finish, it is a storybook. I mean, I can't believe that it actually happened the way it did, but yeah. So we were on the sing off. We won season three, which means we won a record deal. Two weeks later, the record company was like, we don't know what to do with you. So we're kind of letting you go. And we were like, okay, I mean, it sucks, but we didn't really have a relationship with them to begin with. So I don't think it really hurt that bad. So we were like, you know what? 
we're going to hop on YouTube. We're going to start making music because we're confident enough that we have something special that people respond well to. So we're just going to try it. And, you know, personally at that point, I think I was so, I mean, I've always been a head in the clouds type of person, but I was so like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'll, I'll do whatever. I'll go with whatever, as long as I don't have to stay in my hometown and I can keep expanding and having experiences and I can keep working in music. I'll do anything. And I think that naivete that we all really had is what took us to the next level and the next level and the next level, because it was so exciting to us to achieve anything at all. And frankly, for me, it just felt like I was on the ride and it was out of control. (laughs) But, But I think I needed that. I think I needed that. I think I wasn't supposed to think about it so hard at the time. So this is so Abraham Hicks, because as we were both at this event a couple weeks ago, but I've been listening to her forever. And what does she say? You don't really want the goal. You don't really want the pile of stuff. It's not the record deal. It's the feeling of well-being moment by moment. And so you're literally saying out loud that the ride of your life is because instead of doing a YouTube video and going, but wait, it has to get this many views, but shoot, it has to lead to this. There was this exhilaration. Your naivete is really another word for saying we were enjoying the good feeling of doing the thing. So we already had what we wanted, which was the outcome of the good feeling. And by having that good feeling, we were unattached and holy shit. Next thing we know, we have hundreds and hundreds of millions of views on these videos. Yeah. And then what happened? What happened then? Well, the next big move was we eventually signed a record deal because our Christmas music was taking off in such a huge way and really touching people's lives in a way that we had never imagined. We signed the record deal with RCA in 2014. 2015, we won our first Grammy. And then from there, we were just touring the world, making original music. It has been a journey. It's been a journey of ups and downs and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's so amazing. How it's do crazy. You, speaking of like, like I went to two of the shows on this last tour. I don't know how you physically stay in that voice every show. How do you do that? Like, how do you sustain? You're using only you. You can't even be like, throw it to the guitars for an interlude. Like there's nothing. And it's just the entire time you are using your voice. Even when someone else is singing, you guys are doing the other harmonies. Like, I don't understand what you need to do to prepare or how that just works every time. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm really diligent about taking care of my voice because when I was in my early twenties, I wasn't (laughs) diligent about anything specifically health wise. Um, But now I, you know, it's what I do. It's my instrument. And also not only does it make me money, but it also makes me happy to sing. I also enjoy it and I would you know, hate to lose that ever. So I take really good care of it. We've performed so much. We've done so many shows that I think it was sort of a strengthening and conditioning era for a couple of years. And now we've figured out how to pace ourselves vocally. It's almost something that I can't even explain because... It's just through the process of doing it so much, your voice intuitively falls into these places where it's an endurance thing. I mean, it's kind of athletic. It's the only thing athletic that I do in my life. (laughs) It's so crazy. I said this to you and I'm not exaggerating. I posted this on Instagram. I said this on my show about you guys. When I'm witnessing you guys do what you do, I'm literally having this thought, oh, this is what a human being is capable of. I'm like this level. I'm like, and then you guys are doing what you're doing. And then Kevin starts to play the cello and and then the amount of love that's coming. And then I'm just like, Oh my God, if the whole world could like literally every time I talk about naivete, I don't know that it is, but I'm like, because resonance is resonance, vibration is vibration. I'm like, okay, so if we could get all the people around the world in Russia and Iran to stop and just hear this for five minutes, I'm like, I just have a feeling people would receive this is possible. This level of love, this level of brilliance, this level of, I just like, I can't tell you that there's no words for it. I've never seen it done. And I just don't feel the ego on stage. And mm. that's where I'm most like, huh? How <laughs> is this possible that they're just, and I told you, I met Kevin a couple of times because Ben Bram is a close family friend. So I met him at right. Ben Bram's house. 
Okay, and I'm like, that's who you are? Just like moonlight? Just like kindness? Huh? Okay. Yeah. You're all like that. It's just yeah. like oh, bizarre. I know. I mean, watching Kevin on stage, I watch him every night. And it's just, it blows my mind every single time. Because it's, you're exactly right. You can feel the love just emanating. He loves it so much. And he's so good. And I also know every time that moment happens in the show, the audience is going to be floored every time. It's incredible. It's incredible. Can we talk about Ben for a second? Oh, yeah. Um, How ridiculously talented is he? He's got it so ingrained in his soul. I mean, he was gifted. He's born with a gift. He's insane. He's insane. And he has been so integral in this journey. He's been with us every step of the way. I mean, he is amazing. He's so patient, so communicative. He's one of the greats, certainly. So for anybody listening, you guys can go back and hear Ben's episode. We'll put it. He was one of my first guests because he's a friend, but oh my gosh. He is, uh, he's um, an amazing arranger and he was with you guys from the early days, right? Like from the early, early days. How did you guys meet yeah. him? Because you already <laughs> knew each other. So how did you meet Ben? Well, Scott met him at USC, I believe, because Scott was in the SoCal Vocals, the uh, acapella group. And then the rest of us met Ben on the standoff. He was one of the arrangers and he was there with us week by week, helping us go through our arrangements. And he was actually so swamped, I remember, with all the arrangements that he was like, okay, why don't you guys just kind of figure it out? Because I don't really have time. But I'm glad he did that because it helped us to shape our arrangement style. And we used to arrange everything all together in a circle. The five of us, we would arrange it and it would take hours and hours of such a tedious process. And then after a couple of years, we were like, okay, we should get Ben back on board so we can kind of take some of the weight off. But I'm thankful that he, you know, he stepped back a little bit to allow us to form the style that we have. You You know, know, it's, it's, all of it is amazing. It's almost like, it's ridiculous that every aspect of the band and who works with the band is that kind and humble and a genius. It's like, this is lightning striking too many times. It doesn't make any (laughs) sense, but I think it's the humility, right? Because it's the law of reception. It's all of your ability to allow other people to love you back and to let it it be this good. People sabotage themselves so much. It's just like, you can just feel so many bands they can't stay together, right? They just can't. It's just painful. It's hard. They yeah. get into it with each other. And it's like that in of itself, the fact that you guys are still together is so unique. That just yeah. doesn't happen. And I, and you're all different. You live different lives. And the fact that you can find mutual respect and be on a tour bus that many days, like, I don't, how do you do that? Like that in of itself is as hard as the singing. It's yeah. Amazing. It, it, well, thank you very much. Yeah. It is a testament to the characters of the band. And I, you know, I, I really do have to give them love because they, I've just watched them grow up and become these amazing people. And we are together a lot. We're together a lot. And I'm of a firm belief that the people around you are just a reflection of, of you. And I think it can go one of two ways. <laughs> you can, you can face your reflection or you can run, keep running away from it and sabotage yourself, you know? And we, we just cherished what we had so much that, you know, we were, just so willing to put aside the ego, take long, hard looks at ourselves and say, what do we actually want? What's going to make us happy? We can put up with each other's quirks and being annoyed occasionally because ultimately it's so much bigger than that. And uh, loving someone, it's not consistent, but you don't want it to be consistent because you want to keep expanding. You want to keep learning about yourself and about the other person. I feel like... You're going to moonlight as like a coach or a therapist, like you're not, but I'm just saying the amount of wisdom that's in your head and soul is ridiculous. I don't even understand. No, really. Like, you know, so much about what's really at stake. Like what you said about, you can run from your reflection or you can face it. Like, oh my God, how much do we all need to do that? Like, really? That's why you're in harmony because you're actually together. Because you could feel it if there was resistance. You would feel it. It would show up in the music. So really, the reason the music is doing so well is because there is such a willingness, right? And you can see that. And I mean, I said to Ben early on, I was like, everyone knows that Mitch's talent is superhuman, right? He goes, oh, we're all aware. 
Like he has the best voice anyone's ever heard. He goes, but that's uh-huh. the thing about the band. Nobody's jealous. Like everyone lets everyone have their own lane. Yeah. And I'm like, that usually doesn't work that way, you know? And like, but yeah. everyone knows that about you, Mitch. Sorry. I have to tell you, like <laughs> they're all aware of it, but it's Thank okay. You. Cause they're not trying to compete with you. Cause they're doing their thing. Yeah. Once you sing, it's just time stops. Like that's what happens. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. I want to talk about your solo project, but oh, yeah. I actually can't believe that that's who you are and that you're willing to be in a group, even still, because it's so freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Thanks. And then you like it, right? You like yeah, to be both. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's nuts. Yeah, I, I get sad when I think about not being in the group anymore. <laughs> it would be I'm, tough, but you know, it's there are certain itches that need to be scratched and I'm glad that I finally found the confidence and and the self-love, you know, to be able to pursue my own project and be patient with it because it's a challenge. It's something new every single day and it's such an adventure. It's a test of being open every single day and I love it. It's like being in a relationship. (laughs) Yeah, well said. So let's talk about this new project and what you've been developing and- yeah. I watched you like you were about to do a show and then you got COVID, but then you did the show. Oh yeah. How are you developing this sound and how are you feeling about having it received and having it be so different than what people are used to? Like that is, that takes a lot of courage, right? It really does. Yeah. So I have this project and I go by the name of Messer and it came to fruition during the height of the pandemic in 2020. I think in March, we were days away from going to Europe on a tour and uh, it got canceled. And I was like, okay, this is the time. This is the time. If there was ever a time, this is the time to write some music. And so I did. And I was in that process. I fell in love with music again. And so listening to all these different types of music. And I realized that I really loved how much heart there was in uh, like eighties synth pop music. And that's something I always really liked too. So I was really inspired by that. Put out the first EP and now it's, it's evolving into this really intimate, super personal, it, it feels less like an act and more like a diary, I guess, which I guess a lot of people would say about their music, but it's now become something less of an escape and more of showing people my heart and proving to myself that I can do it. And it's, it's funny because when I listen to the music that I've created, especially lately, I'm like, oh yeah, this has always been there. I can totally see myself making this music as a 17, 18 year old in Arlington, Texas. It just feels like it's been waiting there for so long and it feels good to finally, you know, finally release it and put myself to the test. It's exciting. It brings tears to my eyes because it's like, there was this part of you that just wanted a see the sunlight and you're finally letting him be seen. Yeah. That has to happen. Right. It has to. Yeah. Like you can sing all the pentatonic songs. Mm -hmm. We got it. You will probably always continue to have that in your life on some level. And this is really, this just has, it's a rite of passage. Like you have to tell these stories and there are people who need you to tell these stories, right? Yeah. Kids right now who are growing up in those environments who desperately need this music. Yeah. And you're representing that. And that is a story that has to be told. And it takes so much courage for you to do that. Like, see, it's one thing for people to do that at the outset, which is already hard. But when you have a following, you have a lot at stake. Mm -hmm. And it's so much harder. Because people are used to you in a certain way. Totally. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Like if I'm following an artist and they do something different, I find myself being reactionary and I'm like, what is this? This is different than what I expected. And then, I'm, and then I catch myself and I'm like, wait, 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 no, that's, that's good. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear variety. And I, I have noticed, you know, I mean, it's so dumb to talk about, but my, my Instagram following so important, you know, how important it is. Um, <laughs> I've noticed that it's, it's waned a lot. It's, it dropped significantly when I started sort of exploring other sides of me. And, and that's, I think, to be expected because people just want, you know, if, especially if I was an important escape for them or a part of it, at least they want it to remain the same because change is scary. And I think I scared a lot of people off, but 
to me, that's always a good thing. That means people are seeing it and they're viewing it and to be polarizing is important. You know, all of my favorite artists are polarizing. I agree with you so much. And, you know, people send in questions all the time and they think that they have a question about their creativity or their business. And I'm like, it's just a courage question. Because mm. What I've learned, because I started this in my closet six years ago, and then it grew Crazy. to like all these downloads and my husband was able to stop working. And when we were so at the awesome. Esther Hicks event, people came over to me and like recognizing, I forget, but like I have wow. this. And it's a, if you round it up to the nearest millions, most people don't know who I am. But in this one way, I've gone through having, you know, for every 20 kind things people say, some people are like, oh, she's, it's too much. Like she's too positive. It must be toxic. She must, whatever it is. Like I, I knew a girl with freckles in seventh grade and I hated her. Like, you know, people just have their own. And what I've learned is, People don't see you. They see what they're willing to see. Yeah. Right. And people see a hologram of parts of themselves that scare them or parts of themselves that they're excited about, but it's threatening because you're showing up in that way. And so it's like to think that we can control people's perception, we we just forget it. Right. Yep. And it's not really a problem that people have perception. It's a problem that you think it shouldn't happen. Like you could be Jerry Seinfeld and people are like, I hate him. And it's like, you're weird, but like, okay. Like you can be great <laughs> vegan curry at an Indian would be like, I hate Indian food. It's like, okie doke. Like, okay. Right. Like yeah. it's beautiful. Cause what it shows is you're no longer codependent and you're not trying to control people and you're letting people come on and off the ride where they want, but yeah. you don't have to be affected by it anymore. Like that's literally exactly. the antidote to that kid in Texas. It's like, come or don't. like yeah, it's not wow. about me. It's about you. It's a reflection of you. I'm scaring you because there's a part wow. of you. You're not welcoming to the table. Yep. Cause well we're not said. all singing joyful, joyful Christmas songs every second. We're not, sorry. We're not, we're confused right. about our identity. We all have existential <laughs> crises. And if you don't want to, you don't want to be honest about that, then go one yep. day you'll have to face it. Yep. Exactly. Right. You're going to face it no matter what. And it's so much easier. I mean, th- I just learned through Abraham Hicks that why don't you want to make it easy on yourself? Just make it easy on yourself. We only get one shot at this. I mean, we're reincarnated millions of times over, but correct right now, this is all we have. And my brain almost, it doesn't allow me to go to that place anymore. And I'm thankful for that because I've trained it out of thinking like that, that what people say or think matters because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it's really our feeling. It's so free. Oh my God. It's so free. And by the way, to think that like the Dalai Lama walks around caring what people think of his outfit. I mean, come on, like he could be stuck on the 405 in traffic. He's going to have a great day because his well-being comes from within. It's never going to matter. Like it's, we think that our well-being is if we could just get everyone to co-sign us, we'd feel good. No, you still wouldn't, right? It's where are you trending? What are you focused on? what are you freaking feeling? You know, like, of course. And so I'm having the most surreal experience that you and I are having this level of a conversation. And I like, I'm like, this is why I love you. So like, I knew it, I can feel it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm, I'm intuitive enough to know like what I'm seeing, like standing there looking at me. And I'm like, cause sometimes you're the quiet one on stage Mm -hmm. and you won't talk. You won't take the mic maybe as much as Scott. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so aware of where he is at. Like I can feel your presence. So start you're just resonant is the word (laughs) I thank you and I think that's why you and I were drawn to each other you know that's why we initially met it's just because we could we could feel that and and I used to think that being quiet was a weakness and I used to try to fill the space but people will ask me more and more especially with my master show they were like are you going to talk on stage like what's the plan are you going to blah 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 and I was like I mean no like if I need to I will but I I'm not interested in filling the space anymore And it's important to live in that. If you don't have anything to say, you don't have to say it, you know? And meditating has taught me that too. It's okay to just kind of sit in the moment and not think about what you need to say next or jump all over someone else. I mean, you just gave me such a checkmate. It's so good what you just said. I I spent three years uh, at UCLA at their mindfulness center, like enrolled because I'm the one who needs it. So I'm like, I'll go through the certification program because I need it. And I would sit there at like a Vipassana retreat and feel like someone was peeling my skin off because I wanted to fill the space so bad to take me out of dealing and facing my own inadequacy. And it was just like, Ooh, my husband said the other day, he's like, I get that you can do all these things. Can you sit on the couch with me for eight minutes? And I'm like, 
No, I can't. Yeah. But yeah. thanks for the challenge. Maybe so, I can do two minutes. It's so true. It's so true. And it is a challenge. Every day is a challenge. It's never ending work. And you have to, you have to enjoy that. I think that's the key. I'm so excited to know how much awareness, how you're so not unconscious because I want you to be here for 120 years. And Same. So, so often when people <laughs> are so brilliant, they can give to so many people and light so many people's wicks. And then yeah. it almost becomes like they're a drug for other people. Mm. I see that so often, like Robin Williams, like so many people mm. just so brilliant. And then didn't have the ability to like refuel and give it back to themselves. And so yeah. I'm so grateful to know that you are so aware so you can take care of your heart because yeah, we love you and we need you and we want you to just have everything you need to refuel. And okay. I want to ask you about, because so many people are terrified to show up for their gift. And I sit there, I mean, we had Colby Calais here and she was talking about mm-hmm. being at the Hollywood bowl and like the amount of anxiety is just so real. And how do you do that? Like, honestly, like, what do you have to say to yourself to stand there with no instruments and just be like, here is my naked voice in front of thousands of humans. Like literally, what do you have to say to get into state so you can do your thing? when you're being given such an unreasonable task, like yeah. sing for 20,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it was daunting to me for a really long time. I think I tell myself that it doesn't have to be perfect. It won't be, <laughs> it, it will never be perfect, you know, and that's okay. Just go out there and enjoy it. And if you mess up, you mess up. It's all part of it. It just means you can laugh at yourself, go out there and make people feel good and try to have, the best time you can, you know, and that's it. That's really it. That's so freeing. Like go have fun. Yeah. Like, don't make this about trying to be perfect. I feel like. Cause it's so, it's so weird that somebody put me on that stage or like, I'm going to like Osaka, Japan to perform for these. It's just like so bizarre and almost silly that this is my life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to have, fun. I'm supposed to laugh at this, not in a mean way, but I'm supposed to laugh through it. It's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's light. It's loving, you know? Oh my God. I think the loving thing is probably such a mic drop for you guys because love is the most impressive thing. Yeah. And when you guys are up there, even if you forget, or like Scott in the performance, I saw, I saw you guys in Oakland and then in Fort Lauderdale and he was doing that like silly TikTok thing. And so he could barely breathe. When you came back from doing that Megan Turner dance, sped up. <laughs> okay, yeah, it yeah. was like no one cares because yeah. the love is so obvious. Yeah, no one cares, right? Like all we want is love. What are we seeking every second? Love, connection, yeah. right? A feeling of presence. So you guys bring so much presence and love that it's like it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, that that's great to hear. Thank you for validating that. But I also feel that too, like we could take 30 minutes doing the TikTok and nobody cares. I'm always amazed by how patient and willing to participate the audience is when we're performing together. I'm just so grateful for it. It makes me feel so loved and seen and blessed. So for people who are listening, one of the biggest things is people are afraid to make things because they think what they're making is mediocre. Yeah. And I heard Ed Sheeran, he was saying like, you know, the first many, many, many songs I wrote, they were mediocre, but I think people judge their behind the scenes mess to other people's highlight reels on Instagram. Oh yeah. So people, people look at you guys and they go, well, it's easy for you to say because you're superheroes, but most people aren't. Mm. And so can you kind (laughs) of give people like a look at if somebody is listening and they want to be a visual artist or they want to write a screenplay or write a song what do you say about that creative process and allowing for some of that? Because it is hard to actually believe that you guys would do anything less than, it is actually hard. It really is. Cause you're at a (laughs) level. No, you are. You're at a level where it's like watching Michael Phelps in the pool. It's hard to remember that he used to not be able to swim. Well, you know, like, I like it's hard to conceive of it, but what do you say to people? Because I think people miss out on their genius because they don't let themselves get messy. Yeah. And that even just hearing you say that stirs emotions in me. That was always my greatest fear is that 
I would miss out on my potential. And um, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen. But there's so many things I could say. Number one, I I would say is trust your intuition, trust your gut, because it's never going to lead you astray. What's most important is you need to make the thing that's going to make you feel good, you know? And that doesn't mean abandoning it when it feels mediocre or less than mediocre. Just see it through every song I write from the start to finish. It is truly a roller coaster ride, but I know that about it now. And I can stick with the ride, even if I'm at one point thinking, this is so bad. I wish I didn't have to finish it, but I want to, because I know I'm going to wrap it up and move on to the next thing. And I'm going to learn something from it. And if you don't start something, because to me, completing something isn't as important as starting it. And at least getting through a little bit of the experience. If you don't start it, you're just going to stay in the same place. You're never going to learn how to get better. You have to put in your work, unfortunately. You have to put in the hours to get better at something. And don't be so hard on yourself. You know, everybody is a beginner at something. But if you put in consistent work to it, there's no way you won't get better. And it's all about attitude as well. You have to have a good attitude about it. That is so true. We just had Julia Cameron back for a second time. She wrote this book, The Artist's Way. And she yeah. Was- oh, yeah. Yeah, and she, I knew you would know who she is. And she was mm-hmm. like, can you have a sense of humor? For God's sakes, can exactly. you just have a lightheartedness <laughs> about these things? Like, next thing you know, you wrote a whole book. Next thing yeah. you know, you wrote four great paragraphs. Like, where's the humor? You know, there's all these crazy makers in your head. Like, stop. Like, let's make it light. You've used that word a couple of times. Yeah. Let's make it light. It's silly to me. I, I treat it as it's just goofy. <laughs> Like I zoom out sometimes and I look at myself writing a song or like doing my morning pages or like making a sandwich. And I'm like, oh, like I'm such like a little tiny human making my little food. It's just so silly that I'm here and I'm just here to like enjoy it and have a good time. And nothing is so serious that I need to dwell on it all day and miss out on the joy that I could be having, you know? That's like everything, like just enjoying making the sandwich. Yes. Really? Cause there's nothing that you can't feel making the sandwich that exists in some other moment. Like you could have just as much fun at the DMV as you could on tour. If you're in alignment, like if you're just living, totally. honestly, cause it's really about just the ease of like how you're being present in a moment and the willingness to witness like, Oh, I just felt crabby. Okay. Just notice it. Don't have to make a big deal about it. Like it's just the human experience. It's amazing when you just let it be without judgment. It's yeah, it can be, we're all going through it. And so in that way, we are kind of all unified, I suppose. So what's the point in even looking for external validation? Because you know, we're kind of all doing this at the same time. Even if we are locked away in our houses for three years, we're all still unified by something. Oh, a hundred percent. Marianne Williamson was here and she did this event at my house and she was talking about how every wave is connected to the other and every wave is the ocean. So there's only this one unified field we're all in it, you know, which is why the more you show up, there's an effect on everybody else, right? We're all kind of doing it together. I'm just curious when you're on tour, like, and you're singing these songs over and over, how do you enjoy something when you sang those Christmas songs so many times, like how do you mm-hmm. still find, cause it's, I'm experiencing you as still really enjoying it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's sang this song a thousand times. And yet yeah. you find it. What do you find in the moment? How do you find the newness? How do you find the, the joy for yourself? You know, I think, and it's funny because I'm practicing now for tour and I'll listen back to the songs that we've recorded and I hear myself singing the songs and I'm like, Oh, this is so well, like, I can't believe I sang it that way. <laughs> I'm like, I I sing it so differently now. And I think that's part of it. You just, you find your performance of the song sort of mutates over time and, and you find the newness in it. And I really do genuinely enjoy singing and I like singing in harmony. It feels good to me. So that's how I keep the joy in it because it is fun. It's fun for me. That level of resonance, we talked about it before. I was doing this like drip hydration. Now I get these like mobile IVs come to my house and the nurse was here and she was saying that like Wi-Fi is actually not a great frequency to be in. And so there's things we can do like earthing and grounding and sound baths. And I'm like, do you even know the actual hardcore science behind what you do for your immune system when you are singing? Like 
your level, like how you can sing and with each other, you're like literally yeah. dipping yourself in immunity. It's like, boom, like serotonin, yeah. dopamine, like full up, like you keep doing that. Like you guys will live to like 150. Like it's, Oh, I, I totally believe it. I totally amazing. believe it. That's why everyone needs to go see you guys because it, <laughs> I mean, it's the best treatment. It really is wow. it's love. It's beauty. I'm just curious, like, and I know this is probably hard because they're all like your babies, but like, if you free associate just today, it could change in an hour, but top three favorite pentatonics arrangements, three songs that you guys have recorded. What, what's today? If you had a poll three. I love our instinct medley. It's an odd one, but it's one of the most musical arrangements we've ever done. I'm, I, I was so impressed with it when I heard it. I would say Be My Eyes, which is an original. And, oh, this is so tough. Mary, did you know? That's so good. That's the one I think I enjoyed. I discovered that I, I enjoy singing that one the most on tour. I was like, wow, this is this such a belter. That song, you just crush. You just oh, crush thanks. that song. And you Thank know what's also amazing to me? So when I was in college, I went on a two-week trip to Jerusalem and I stayed for three years. Oh, wow. And I studied Kabbalah and lived in Israel. And that's actually how I met Oh, my friends. God. Yeah, that's how I met Ben's family. And then no way. when I came to LA, like I got here on a Thursday and I was with them on Friday and like, I met my husband in their living room. Like I'm, we're so close. What the hell? Yeah. It's like really crazy story, but, um, I couldn't leave because I was studying Kabbalah and all this stuff in the universe and just understanding like we are someone cause we're some of the one, you know, we're a mm. masterpiece. We're a piece of wow. the master, you know, this like yeah. energy, right? Like it's all about the law of reception and God is it's not a thing. It's not over there. It's all of us. It's anyway. But the reason I say this is because I love Christmas music. I'm Jewish, but I love Christmas music so much. And I love God so much, but I also have probably a different definition. Like I kind of just explained what that unified field is to me, but I love watching you guys because I feel how you're all connected no matter what, like Kevin, I know him a little bit. So I know his faith, right. But mm. I feel it in each of you yeah, and it's personal. And I, yeah. I'm enrolled. Like what I'm saying is I've never seen that. Like, I feel like no matter what anyone says, cause we don't all call it God, we're looking to plug in and access source, right? Yep, totally. Like, really. That's what we want. That's that flow state. You can call it a million things, but I've never seen a whole band where regardless of what they call it or name it, they're all in and yeah. it gives everyone access and I feel it from you. And I'm like, huh, you wouldn't necessarily think that each of them could genuinely find their way to the creator, to this. Yeah. And I'm so in, I'm in awe of that, actually. Yeah, it's thank so you. missing from the world that people plug into it. And so your what's your personal connection like to source, to spirit, <laughs> to what it, because you sing these songs and I know you mean it. Yeah. You mean it in your way. Exactly right. It's interesting that you mention that because now I'm, I'm going through every band member and we have very different versions of spiritual faith, but they're all very strong and they're all very, it's a present relationship that we all have in our lives. And for me, it's about pursuing the greater good or the betterment of this known universe and unknown, I guess. And it's about taking a long, hard look at yourself every single day, not scrutinizing or judging, but just being very aware that God is in you and you are God. Yeah. And you're spreading the word of God to everyone. And I, we've talked about love this whole time, but it is about love. It's giving love. To me, God is love. It's, it's about spreading love and good feelings And also for me, it's about trusting that everything is working out and it's working in the exact order that it's meant to be working out in, you know? And I find that to be a great relief because no matter how I'm feeling, I know that inside I do have the spiritual compass leading me in the right direction. It's hard to describe your relationship with God. You you know, you did it so well. And I feel like, 
I love hearing it from you. I feel like people need to hear it from you. I feel like mm. people can hear it from Matt and they can, he grew up in church and they can, mm. that's also really helpful. But like hearing it from you is really, really helpful. It took me yeah. a few years mm. to use the word God on the show because I was like, wow, if you go to Alaska, they have 70 words for snow. It's like, what do you yeah. mean by that? Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool to get to have this conversation because when we all hit our head on the pillow at night, we all want to reach for that creator so bad. And it's like, we just have a different way of talking about it, but it's the same oneness. It's the same oneness. And my rabbi in Israel says like, if God was the sun, we're each like rays of that sun. When you're moving out of ego and you're in flow, yeah, it's just grace, right? It's just whatever's coming through you, that music that we all can make, whatever, when we're in state, that's that light, right? it's, It's so fun to just move out of the way and let it come through. And it is a relief. And I love this idea that like being in the right place at the right time is knowing you, you are. Yeah. It's the, it's the flow and the ease. That's what you want. And that's what you want to impart to others. You know? You're doing it so well. I'm just Thank so you. grateful that like I'm on the earth at the same time. Oh my gosh. Likewise. I mean it. No, I mean, <laughs> you're so snow, but I mean it like there's so few things that I get nutrients from and I look for them. And then when I find them, I like, don't let them go. Right. And I I have them on my show (laughs) or I listen to Esther Hicks literally every single morning or, you know, there's so I'll watch the Ram Dass documentary like 14 times, like becoming nobody, like be nobody. That's better. That's the best that documentary. So good. Right. And I'm just so grateful to be on the earth as the same time as you doing your thing, because what you've given my kids, like my kids have gone to those shows and like the best thing I could educate them with is like being in your audience. I just hope that you receive it. I sit there and I feel what people are, what's showing up for people in your audience. I know just from the years I've been on the earth, it's unique. Yeah. It's not showing up most of the time, right? Cause it's a tuning fork, it's resonance and what comes out of them is the best part of them. So I hope, like, I hope, like, I hope that you receive it. I hope that you're standing there. Are you like, when you're on stage, are you having the awareness of like, look what I'm getting to feel that I'm like igniting in people because it's real. You know, I'm kind of having an expanding moment right now. Just hearing you say that because sometimes, you know, it's a job and I'm just one person and I have to throw myself out there on the stage every night when I'm on tour, but that is a great reminder. I can now envision it just building and building and building the next time I'm on the stage and just keeping that in mind that it is really just a beautiful symbiotic relationship of love between the crowd and the performers on stage. So thank you for that. Um, And I I do to answer your question. I, I do feel it. I do feel it. That's why I was talking about like, I can't believe that they just, well, I feel like they'd sit there for four more hours because they're just, everyone's just feeling so good and we're feeling so good. It's the best we've ever felt. As you group. make all problems disappear. You get into a state <laughs> of feeling so good that there is no problem because yeah. the well, the well-being is so present because you feel what's possible for us all to feel, which is joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's joy for its own reason. There's no reason for it other than joy. Totally. Itself. It's beauty for its own reason. It's just... Yeah. It's exquisite. And for anybody who's listening, if you don't know the pentatonics or you don't spend enough time listening, just, just like, I dare you to like, (laughs) let the playlist run through your car. And what I find amazing is like, it crescendos and you're like, okay. And then it keeps going. And then there's a level of resonance and love that you're like, oh, oh my God, like what is happening? And then you just, you feel something come through you that is just all you're looking for. If you're, if you're out there looking for anything today, you're looking for that. So go listen. So tell everybody where they can listen to Messer, where they can find your new music, where they can follow along, come to your shows and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can follow Messer on Instagram, M-E-S-S-E-R. Music is on every streaming platform, Mitch Grassi on Instagram, PTX official on Instagram and Pentatonix music is everywhere. <laughs> and last thing I'm going to say is I saw you three times in the last four months. And you'd think that I'd be like, well, it's not the month. It's like every time was so different. And every time was like the most intoxicating, gorgeous experience that I'm wow, just like, I force people I'm like you have to go. I'm like, they're sold out now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I can't wait to see Messer too. Cause. Oh just- yes. 
all the things. I'm so proud. I, I really want to do a show in LA soon. So I will most definitely let you know. Oh, and I will just tell my entire audience that they need to show up and just, Please do. just sit back and receive. You're such a delight. I can't even, oh, I, don't even I need more words for you. I love you so much for being <laughs> everything that you are. And you're also, this is the thing. We didn't even get into how freaking funny you are, but if anyone wants to just actually jet your commentary, when you and Scott are just on an Instagram, like, I'm like, you're the funniest motherfucker. I'm like, who are you? What is happening in your brain? Like you could be on SNL. That could be a total life for, you know, it, you would have so much. Wow. Thank you. You would wear a different wig, every scene, make a different voice. You're the funniest person, but the deepest people are the funniest people. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's, it comes back to just like, I've always been a jokester and I've always made light of every situation, maybe in times when it was inappropriate, but I guess I've just always found things just so crazy and silly. It's also silly. <laughs> I wouldn't get to be here and I you're know. the best. You're Mitch, the best. I was so intimidated to do this more than any other interview because I can't, I just can't even, but I'm so happy that it gets to be this good that I can like feel this and I could carry through. I could like have a conversation. Like I could get words out. Can't believe it. I would love to have more conversations with you in the future. It was so enjoyable. This is the type of, talk about nutrients. This is the type of conversation that I love to have. I'm going to have a great day after this. I love you. Just the fact that I could give you an ounce when you have no idea what you've given to me. You really don't. I, I haven't scratched the surface. Thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I've, I've been feeling the love this whole time. Truly. Oh, it's so real. Thank you so much. This, this was so fulfilling. Just bless, bless, bless. Thank you. I'm not going to be able to walk on the ground anymore today, but that's fine. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly the rest of the day. Me too. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, I just can't believe it. He's such an absolute gem. All right. Here are the takeaways. Number one, you're not supposed to fit in and be like everyone else. We're all so different and so strange. It's good to love your quirks. Number two, make it easy on yourself. Enjoy the ride, have fun, and laugh your way through it. We only get one shot at this. Number three, quiet is not a weakness. You don't always have to try to fill the space. It's okay to just sit in the moment. Number four, it doesn't have to be perfect because it never will be. If you mess up, you mess up. It's all part of it. It just means you can laugh at yourself, go out there, and make people feel good. Have the best time you can. Number five, trust your gut because it's never going to lead you astray. Make the thing that's going to make you feel good. Number six, if you don't start something, you'll stay in the same place. Everybody is a beginner at something, but you only get better if you put the work in. Number seven, take a long, hard look at yourself every single day. Don't scrutinize or judge yourself. Just recognize that God is in you and you are an aspect of God. It's all about spreading love and good feelings. Number eight, trust that everything is working out and it's working in the exact order that it's meant to be. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you can feel how much I appreciate you. We have so many good episodes coming out, so please follow along on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Subscribe wherever you listen, and we'd love to hear from you. So go to kathyheller.com slash share and tell us what's on your heart. Tell us what your biggest goals are, your obstacles. We're going to continue to create podcasts and workshops to help you. And if you know any other Pentatonics fans or anyone who you think would appreciate this episode, then please share it. You can email a link to someone. You can text a link to someone. You could also post about this on your Instagram and you could tag Mitch at Mitch Grassi. Grassi is spelled G-R-A-S-S-I. And you could tag me as well. And finally, you can still join Abundant Ever After. It is now switched over to our year-long commitment. And it's a pretty incredible thing to be investing in yourself for a whole year and looking at all the different things that are possible and really, really putting that time in to show up for why you really are here and looking at what are the thoughts that are not serving you and how can you open up to how beautiful and how much potential is here and how can you fully change the way the energy you feel is moving through you every day so that you feel this full battery pack and what could happen if you started to play with your talents and if you started to feel so like in the zone of genius in your life, like how could your life be different in December next year and you're hitting New Year's, like what could be different? If you want to join us, go to kathyheller.com slash join. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you soon. 